Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? All right, welcome into the Auburn Live basketball show. I'm Justin Hokinson. With me, as always, is Jay Phillips. Jay, what's up, man? How you doing? Doing pretty good, you know, trying to reason with Auburn's loss from last night a little bit. We will get into it. Um, we will for sure get into it. Uh, everybody go to AuburnLive.com, subscribe. I think we have a deal going on. It's like $29.99. It gets you through next August, I believe. Um, so go take advantage of that, AuburnLive.com. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel, turn on the notifications. That would really, really help us, and we would greatly appreciate it. All right, Jay, let's get into this basketball game. Auburn, uh, 76-64 losers at Georgia um, in the first uh, SEC road game of the season. Um, Auburn 1-1 now in conference, 11-3 overall, and they dropped to 1-2 now in true road games this season. Um, I was there. Um, Pretty good atmosphere, pretty good crowd. Um, Decent amount of Auburn fans that got in there. But Auburn really trailed – from the jump. I think Auburn led for 14 seconds in this game, trailed for 38 plus minutes, um, and just got off to a bad start. Um, you look at look at Auburn's numbers real quick. I'll, I'll go over the numbers real quick, and then, and then you give me your reaction um, to the game. Auburn shot 35% from the field, 21% from three, six of 28. Shot 63% from the free throw line, 10 of 16. Georgia shot 45% from the field, 40% from three. Um, 
Both teams actually hit the same amount of threes. Auburn just took 13 more. Um, Georgia shot 69% from the free throw line. Um, Georgia shot 16 more free throws than Auburn, making 12 more free throws, so 12 more points at the free throw line. Um, despite the fouls being basically even, um, if I remember correctly. I think it was a difference of one foul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Georgia got 16 more free throws just the way the way those fouls were happening. Um, everything else, man, there was a lot of even stats, honestly. Turnovers were both at 11. Points off turnovers were even. Auburn won the rebounding battle by five. Auburn had 10 more offensive rebounds, but only two more second-chance points. That's a... That's an issue. Um, I mean, you look at 11 offensive rebounds for Georgia and 17 second-chance points versus 21 offensive rebounds for Auburn and just 19 second-chance points. So they were getting offensive rebounds, but they were not making uh, the most of them. Bench points even, which is not good for Auburn. Um, if, if you're even on bench points with a team like Georgia that's super average, um, and, and, and trying to build that program doesn't have the recruiting that you do and doesn't have the, the depth that you do, um, and you're tied in bench points with them, that, that's not going to get it done. Georgia had 36 points in the paint. Auburn had 28, so Auburn gave up 36 points in the paint, um, and that's even, that's even more disturbing when you look at how those points happened. I mean, Georgia's, Georgia, um, Georgia's guards – scored 43 points, but most of those points in the paint were driving to the basket. Auburn didn't get beat by posting, getting, you know, the, the post-up game from Georgia. It was driving to the basket from Georgia, downhill, back cuts, um, defensive uh, deficiencies, really. Um, and then everything else was was pretty was pretty even. Um, so really it was just Auburn shooting 28 threes, couldn't hit a thing, didn't take advantage of uh, of second-chance opportunities. And Georgia went to the foul line and 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 got plus 12 on the on the foul line. Janai Broom, 22 points, 12 rebounds. Really good game from him. Did commit four turnovers. Some of those were really bad passes. Um, but when you go for 22 and 12, you make up for you know your four turnovers um, in in bad passes. Other than that, kind of a mess on on offense. Allen Flanagan had a pretty productive game, five of 10, 11 points. But Jalen Williams, one of nine, five points. Wendell Green, two of 12, seven points. Katie Johnson, one of five, three points. Trey Donaldson, over three. Uh, Chris Moore, three for seven, with seven points. So it's just a mess, man, a mess offensively. Um, and, uh, and then every time Auburn tried to make a run in this thing, they got it down to four points a couple times in the second half. Georgia just would immediately push it back to eight or more. Um, and def- defensively, I think probably even more than offensively, Auburn just failed. I mean, 76 points to that Georgia team is is not acceptable for for what this Auburn team can do defensively. So that's kind of the nuts and bolts of it. Jay, what did you see watching that game? Um, good, bad, and good, bad, and ugly, man. What'd you see? I mean, in the overall game, the shooting was bad, like you said. And there were several things that Auburn has been better at that they just kind of regressed on against Georgia. But overall, it felt like the most self-inflicted loss that Auburn's had this season. I think that's, you know, it's to Georgia as well, but I think the fact that there were so many easy fixes that Auburn has seemed to move past and kind of that showed themselves again, again against Georgia makes this loss a little harder to swallow than the other two. To me, it wasn't that, you know, Memphis had a great game plan. USC was the first game on the road and 
both teams were solid, but Georgia, it seemed like, you know, there wasn't a great game plan. It wasn't like Mike White knocked it out of the park. Uh, it was, you know, Auburn has had road games already, and it, it was just Auburn was, you know, like you're saying, the, the defensive problems were all, you know, that was just Auburn not locking in and defending like it has been. There were several uh, plays from Cario Quindo and Terry Roberts where they just drove right by Wendell Green, Katie Johnson, whoever their defensive assignment was. Like, like you know, it was almost like the game plan last year where they would let some guys drive towards Walker Kessler, except Auburn's shot blocking wasn't, you know, it's not the same level. Janai Brown had a great game, but it just – there were several plays where and I got a couple of them in the breakdown where, you know, the, even if Janai Brown comes over to help, Georgia ends up getting an offensive rebound because Janai Brown's out of rebounding position. It was just one of those things where it all just kind of built onto each other. And offensively, it was just as bad. You can't expect, you know, if you're playing these guards who are all six foot one or less, like Wendell, Zepp, KDR, and you're playing them against Cario Oquendo and Terry Roberts and these bigger downhill driving guards, and they're not scoring and they're not defending. That is just not a recipe for success in college basketball. And, you know, you're, when it was Jared Harper and Bryce Brown and they were getting beat on the defensive end, they were coming down and making threes on offense or, you know, getting into a scoring race or whatever. And that makes playing those smaller guards feasible and gives you an advantage in some ways. But if they're shooting, you know, one for whatever and zero for whatever, and it's just not going to get you too far. And playing better defense and limiting the turnovers. Like we were saying, you know, Janai Brome had some turnover problems. He played great overall, but he led the starters and assists for the past two games. And then he comes into this one and he just, you know, he can't find the passing lanes that he needs to and whatnot. And I think that's a lot of things that Auburn can and should be able to tweak a little bit to beat a team like Georgia. So I think that made it, I don't know. That was the ugly part to me was just that Auburn, there were so many things that they could have done better and that they just, you know, it, it seemed like a lackluster effort in several categories that resulted in a loss. And, but um, I don't know. There's several things. This team has so much work to do, but correcting the things that ultimately caused the loss to Georgia should be a lot easier to do than fixing these underlying issues that are resulting in a iffy season so far. Yeah, Bruce was after um, asked after the game. <clears throat> well, so Janai Broom asked uh, after the game to the media said that that Bruce told told the the team that a lot of these things are fixable, a lot of these mistakes are fixable. Um, and so Bruce was asked about that after the game. Hey, you know, Janai said a lot of this stuff is fixable. Is that how you see it? Um, and Bruce's answer was. Um, we know the areas we have breakdowns, and we have to try to figure out a way to not let people get downhill so easily. We have to execute, be sharper on the offensive end, finish around the basket. And he did bring something up yesterday um, that, that happened in that game. Um, he said, we shot 16 free throws, but he said, we get the ball inside a lot, shoot around the basket, and then we have to score through contact or get to the foul line. He said, I'd say we missed 15 or 16 shots at the rim, which is true. I, I don't know. I mean, what was going on? Um, but I think Auburn was. Let me see. So as as the stats constitute layups, which is you know essentially a layup or within a couple of feet of the basket, what what should be a layup? Um, Auburn was ten of twenty two. So I mean, 
you know, now Georgia, I mean, you're going to miss point layups are not everything's like literally a layup. It's, you know, it's basically if you're trying to lay it up off the, off the glass or you're trying to lay it up on the rim or finger roll, anything that's kind of within that probably couple of feet range is a layup. Um, and Auburn was 10 of 22, and a bunch of those misses are J- Jalen. I mean, Jalen was one of nine. They just uh, – and, and even Janai. Janai had a good game, but nine of 17, uh, Bruce said after the game, he wants him to be 13 of 17. Um, nine of 17 for somebody like Janai around the basket with his touch is, is actually probably um, not as good as, as he's capable of doing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was um, – just a frustrating night offensively. I mean, there were there weren't even you kind of mentioned lackluster. It sort of felt like that. Um, just not a ton of good looks. Once again, too many threes. This Auburn team is not good enough to shoot 28 threes. They're not. I mean, this team needs to shoot probably. Gosh, they probably don't – they probably – I mean, when you get to 23 – if you get to 23s for this team, that's probably what this team should be doing. That's the ceiling. They should not be blowing past 23-pointers in a game. 28 is is just absurd. Um, and Yeah, unless you know, they're hitting them, of course, you know. But. Right. I mean, but, yes, of course you're going to have those games where you hit them. And um, we remember those games where Devin Cambridge would, would, would hit four, <laughs> and then that would be his total for the next ten games. But um, – that's just not who they are. That's not a winning. That's not a winning um, strategy. And you know, part of that was Georgia mixing up defenses, going zone, um, and Auburn feeling like they had to shoot shoot some threes. Certainly, some of those threes happened in the last few minutes. I'd have to go back and add them up, but I'm sure that a handful of those were the last three, four minutes um, when Auburn was down 13. Um, but just. But still, just too many threes, and this team cannot do that. Wendell 0 for 6. You know, I don't, I don't know what's going on. You know, I like Wendell Green Jr. Um, you know, he got banged up on that West Coast trip, or right before that. Seems to be healthy now, but, you know, 2 for 12 from your starting point guard, 0 for 6 from three-point line, <laughs> that is just, that is, um, that is just bad. And then, you, and then you throw in there four more turnovers from him. He, would, he had more turnovers than assists. He did have three steals, but, uh, I mean, that is, um, you know, that's just not going to cut it. Look, we know Wendell Green is small. Um, we, we get some of his limitations. Going to the basket is tough for him if he doesn't draw a foul. Um, but he's got to – he had some decent looks at three, looks that, that he can make. And so going over six oh, yeah. there is brutal. But Jalen really is, is, is almost – with the way this team's built – Jalen is, is just important as Wendell. And um, Bruce said it after the game. He said, he goes, we can't win if Jalen Williams goes one for nine. And, and he's right. One for nine from the field, one for, one for five from three. He did have seven rebounds. He did have four assists. So he did, he did some good things there. He didn't turn the ball over. But with this team, Jalen's got to score. Jalen, you can't, Jalen Williams can't have seven rebounds, four assists, and you go, oh, it's a pretty good game. No, no. Jalen needs to score 13. Um, he, he, that's his role. And so there's, you know, him scoring five points and hitting one bucket is um, not, not good enough. Him and Wendell, I mean, him and Wendell, three and he didn't uh, score for like the first 35. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. When did he score his bucket? He hit two free throws with a minute 47 left. So that's two of his five points. And then he hit he hit a three with 
1950, right out of halftime. You know, that that called gotcha. play, that non play from Bruce, hit that three, and you're yeah, like, that's right. yeah. absolutely was called by Bruce to try to get Jalen Williams going 100%, and he nails it. Mm-hmm. Um, nails it. And then after that, <clears throat> missed jumper, uh, missed three, missed three. But here's the crazy thing about Jalen Williams. He hits that three with 1957 in the second half, okay? He didn't – he took a shot. He took another shot with 17 minutes remaining and missed it. His next shot was a missed three-pointer with five and a half minutes to go. So he comes out of halftime, drains a three, misses a jumper a couple of minutes later, and then I don't have him with another shot attempt until five and a half minutes left and Auburn's down 13. That is yeah, bonkers. That was- and I don't know who that's on. I don't. I don't. I don't know. That, I don't know what goes into that. I don't. I'd have to go back and look at who's taking the shots from from 17 minutes to five and a half minutes. Who who who's taking the shots for Auburn? But you know he's got an assist and a block in there, but no shots from Jalen Williams, who's who should be one of your best offensive players, one of your key guys. And he hits that three, and you're down four. And the next time he takes a shot, you're down 13 with five and a half minutes to go. And then the last five and a half minutes, he missed a three, missed a three, missed a three, missed three threes in a three-minute span um, in the last five minutes, and then made a couple free throws at the end. But but that that I mean Jalen Williams is just that can't happen one of nine. But going those stretches without getting a shot off is um, it, that 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 really can't happen. Those two guys. I don't really look at look. KD kind of is settling back into his role a little bit. One for five. He's not. He's trying to, I think, find his place on the team and not overdo it, clearly. Because that's a game right there. Mm-hmm. I think in the past, let's say before the last few games in the past, I think at Georgia, his former place, losing, KD, would, when he was in there, KD would have just started attacking. And and yeah. sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't, but he was just one for five. Um, <clears throat> but really, you look at Wendell and Jalen in that game, you, this team, once again, they're not built – they're not built to have guys that have those kind of nights off. Um, it just no. it can't happen. It can't happen where Wendell and Jalen go three of 21. And then the other big thing is the, the guard play. Um, we talked about it a little bit in the first thoughts. Um, Cario Akendo and Terry Roberts combined for 43 points. That's their two main guards. Wendell Green, Zepp Jasper, Katie Johnson, and Trey Donaldson combined for 16 points. And they basically took the same amount of shots. So Georgia's guards completely dominated. Um, Auburn's guards on both ends of the floor, 43 to 16 from the guard play. And then you combine that with with your forward and Jalen going one for nine. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose about every game in the SEC if your guards get dominated like that. And on top of that, Jalen Williams only scores five. Auburn will lose the majority of the games in, in conference play. Oh yeah. And I think, you know, speaking on Jalen a little bit as well, and Janai Brown to an extent, but Georgia just did not respect their three-point ability for the most part last night. Even after Janai hit a couple of threes, they were backing off and daring Auburn's bigs to shoot and making sure that they couldn't get in the paint or, you know, making those paint touches as hard as possible. And Janai Brown, you know, he's just going to be too good unless you have an Oscar Sheboy or somebody down low to go up against him and, he's going to get his, but I think that was a big, you know, a big factor in both the recent 
improvements and the Georgia game, the recent improvements, you, you know, Jalen Williams has been stretching the court really efficiently scoring. You know, he's been a go-to option when Auburn's offense has its droughts and they've just been, you know, dumping it down to Jalen and letting him hit a floater or letting him get a couple of post touches and in addition to Janai as well. But you get, you get to Georgia and you're not getting any of that floor spacing. You're making life harder on your guards because of that, and especially against a bigger team, you know, Lindell and KD are just going to have trouble driving against big experienced guards. If, you know, you get a little bit of extra space with Jalen hitting a few threes and that changes a lot. Um, but yeah, Jalen, you know, he found a way to be productive, but that's just not going to be enough for him on this team unless Yoan Traor or Chance Westry or Alan Flanagan or somebody else starts being that go-to scorer. You know, it, Jalen has to score 10 or more. He has to. And, and, and once again, you mentioned Yuan. Once again, Yuan uh, Traor gets in a basketball game, and other than playing minutes, he, he contributes nothing. He had one block in eight minutes. Yeah, he had that block. He didn't take a shot. He didn't get a rebound. He didn't turn it over. He didn't get an assist. He didn't commit a foul. He, he literally did nothing but get one block in eight minutes. I, I'm, not, I'm not being negative on the guy. I'm just saying when he gets in there right now, he's just kind of in there. Uh, he, he, nothing's really run to him. He, he doesn't feel like he can take a shot, be aggressive. It's, it's odd. You know, I almost wouldn't, I almost wouldn't mind if he gets in there at times, like run a play for him for a corner three. Yeah. Now having said that, <clears throat> Auburn was losing that game. And so when Yuan was in, you're not going to like run a play for Yuan, but got to figure out a way when he's in there to get something from him. I mean, he can't just be a body that runs up and down the court for eight minutes um and records no stats whatsoever um that's not what auburn's bench is supposed to be you know yuan Traor is too talented a player to to get in the game and do zero do zeros across the board um he's too good for that um the one positive was you know was alan flanagan um which you know flanagan has a tendency to do this right where he'll he'll be you know he'll play poorly and then he'll come back and he'll have a game and you're like there you go um yeah 11 points Mm -hmm. five of 10 from the field missed a couple threes so really he was five of eight from from inside the arc um three rebounds um in 19 minutes and so you know bruce said after the game he had a really good week of practice and bruce even said hey bruce bruce said he told al hey look even if you didn't do well tonight. You perform. You pre- you prepared well since the Florida game. You practiced well, and I'm happy with that. Um, and so he was happy with with Al's preparation, his attitude, and it seemed to show. He knocked down a couple of buckets, had a big dunk at one point that that you thought Auburn had some momentum in the second half. Um, <clears throat> but once again, Al steps up with 11 points, and then Jalen does one for nine. You know. If Al steps up with 11 points and, and Jalen still scores 10 and Wendell doesn't go two for 12, like you win the game. I mean, it's just, once again, this team can't have that many people having an off night. But it was good to see Al. It's always good to see Al um, have a good day. But he was really the only, him and Jedi were really the only the only ones. I mean, Chris Moore was, was once again, kind of solid. Seven points, five rebounds, three uh, two of them offensive, which I think were like the first possession of the game. Um but now that's what Chris is going to do. He's Chris is going to go out there and get you five boards, seven points. Uh, he only committed one foul, didn't commit a turnover in 23 minutes. So, you know, he did his part. But too many guys just uh, 
not sure not sure what they're doing or what. So has where does Auburn go from here in terms of um, one of the things Bruce talked about in terms of defending the guards. So you look at Memphis, you look at USC, you look at now Georgia. Talented guards are really hurting Auburn, <clears throat> getting downhill and scoring. One of the things Bruce mentioned was um, a lot of times they try to they want to be aggressive. The guards will go up over screens and 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 try to force guys downhill, right? Force them into something and then block shots. And he mentioned they don't do as much of going under screens and because and, and, that's going to give a guy potentially an open three. They don't do that a lot. But he mentioned maybe having to change some things up and say, if we're going to play aggressive and go over screens and then help, and then he said the guards aren't getting back in position. They're not, they're not able to get back in position, and those guards are driving downhill, um, and it's become, it's become a problem. It's the same way that Wendell was just killing people last year until teams sort of changed it up. But Bruce mentioned maybe having to make it where guards go under screens. And, and if that gives guys open threes, um, so be it. Um, but at least that way, if you're going under that screen, you're cutting it off and you're not allowing the downhill driving, but it's not something that he's used to doing. Um, and so I, I think they're almost at that point. We'll, we'll see how they play against Arkansas. Um, by the way, I don't even know. I got home at, I don't know, I drove back from the game from Athens, so I got home late and didn't even see. Did Arkansas win on Wednesday, on Wednesday night? Did they win their game? Do you know? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah, they beat Missouri. Um, I don't know the score off the top of my head, but. That's a pretty good win. Missouri has been they playing They came well. back. I think Arkansas was down maybe seven at halftime. And, yeah, they won 74-68. to 68. Nice. <clears throat> so they're coming in with confidence. It's a good ball club. So we'll see how Auburn does, plays against Arkansas. Um, we know Auburn's different at home, um, and they're going to have to be this year. Boy, you talk about a home court advantage. They're going to have to be – I mean, they're, they're going to lose some games at home this year. It's not going to be like the last few years where they basically don't lose at home. This team, they're mm-hmm. going to falter. Schedule's too tough, but they're going to have to. They're going to have to win the majority. But we'll see how they play against Arkansas on Saturday. But I could see if things don't go well Saturday, you know, I could see a little bit of. Uh, I, I could see some changes needed to be made, and it could maybe before that. I don't know. I mean, you're only two games in, but I think yeah. Bruce and this staff know the deficiencies in this team. They know them, and it's just a matter of when do you kind of. I don't want to say hit the panic button, but when do you hit? When do you say, okay, we we legitimately have to make a schematic change. We have to make a change from something that we'd like to do or normally do because this team can't do it. Um, how far into conference play do you go before, for instance, you say, all right, we're going under screens now. We're going under screens, and if they get good open threes, so be it. Um, what, what do you think? I mean, how far, how far do you go, or do you think you've got enough data if you're Bruce and the staff to know? what this team is good at, not good at, start making whatever dramatic, drastic, whatever significant changes you need to make. Or do you say, hey, we're only two games in. These are fixable problems. Let's figure some things out. We don't have to change anything yet. Let's get better. Where do you, where do you, where do you sort of fall on that? After last night, it's hard not to say to just, you know, scrap everything, but I don't think that's the complete answer, and I definitely don't think that's what Bruce is going to do. He's def- seems to always be a guy. I don't remember which year it was, maybe the year after the Final Four, where uh, Auburn had those two pretty ugly losses to Florida and Alabama. And I think Bruce was asked about, you know, are you going to make any changes? And he said, no, I stick to my or I stick with my guys, kind of thing. And 
I feel like that's the approach he's taken with this roster as well. He's got Zeb Jasper playing a lot of minutes still. You know, Wendell Green's still getting his minutes. And all these guys he's allowed to play through struggles that have been here for a while, that have were significant contributors last year. There's, you know, I think all of them can play better than they're playing right now. So I don't think you can completely scrap what you're doing. There's some good to it. Auburn's defensive pressure when it works is really good. But I do think you got to make a little bit of changes with this team. They're just, and it was one of the things that we saw against Florida. Uh, Auburn had been um, switching on to bigs, you know, switching guards and bigs on screens throughout the season. And against Florida, they really stopped that. And I think it was because of how they were defending Castleton, but the approach worked as well. They were back to switching again last night for the most part. There was one play where Katie and Yoan actually switched twice on a one single drive. And it was just, you know, it's ridiculous how much they do it sometimes. Um, but I think you still have to make some changes. And I do think the coaching staff is realizing that. I don't know the exact reason, but we saw a lot of late minutes for Trey Donaldson and Chance Westry last night. Chris Moore as well. So I do wonder if they're, you know, if that's more of a wake up call for the current starters, the current closers, or if it's, Hey, let's see if, you know, Trey Donaldson and Chance Westry can turn on the light here at the end. And if they do deserve some more minutes or whatever, I think that, you know, changing up these rotations and the lineup a little bit could be as significant as anything. If you have Chance Westry out there, Alan Flanagan, Chris Moore, those are guys who can go over screens and defend really well, but, I think you're when you're trying to get Wendell and KD and Zeb Jasper to go over screens, they're getting stuck there. It's giving the opponent a little bit of extra time. And, you know, not only are they getting some open threes, but they're getting that driving lane as well. I think there's a lot of this team could do differently. They've kind of changed their approach to rebounding and block shots as well. That's paid off. They're rebounding, you know, extremely well compared to how they were two, three weeks ago. So I think that there's, you know, they have been making some changes here and there. I don't know if we're going to see anything significant. I wouldn't mind at this point, you know, like we've been saying, the shooting guard position has been more or less a black hole for Auburn this season. Why not give Chance Westry a little more run there? I'm, I just I can't help but think there's something more going on in that situation that we don't know about for the, you know, borderline five-star guard just not getting any run when Auburn's backcourt is playing as poorly as it is, but – Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know, if Jalen has a one for nine game, why not give Yoan a few more minutes? Run a couple of set plays to him. See if you can't get him a lob or an open three. He's an insane athlete and a big dude who can make a couple of threes, you know. See if you can't scheme something up for him. But, I mean... It seems like it's already too late to an extent to make a complete change to this team. You know, you're not going to, they're not going to be something that they're not, they're not going to come out and find a way to be some offensive juggernaut or anything like that. So I think you got to tweak this defense. I think you got to find a way to keep relying on the defense. And, you know, that, that has to be Auburn's bread and butter. The shot blocking is elite. The rebounding is borderline elite at times. The, the man pressure is really good too when it's, you know, other teams aren't finding a way to use it 
as an advantage, but I don't know. There's, there's a lot that this team does that, you know, like I, if you, if you play truly elite defense and you have a couple of guards who are subject to go for 20 points on any given night, then you have a real chance to win any game. And I think Auburn has the ingredients to do that. It's just nowhere close to a final product right now. Yeah. I tend to agree with you. I tend to agree with you. I mean, I, this team is what what it is what it is what it is. They are what they are who they are. And I've kind of told people that have asked me about that, like, hey, look, there's some things about this team that are kind of baked in. And so your expectations need to be at a certain level with this team. Um, but there are things they can tweak. What's crazy is you look at that game last night. Um, since, for instance, you go back to USC, 23 turnovers on the road, and you lose by three. Actually, kind of surprising that they only lost by three in a game they had 23 turnovers in that game. But last night, um, and, and really similar to Florida um, in that game, Auburn had eight first-half turnovers, but only three in the second half, similar to Florida. I think Florida, maybe they had you know 10 or something first-half turnovers, but only a couple in the second half. So it's two straight games where they've come out in the first half and they're turning the ball over too much. Second half, they're cutting their turnovers down. They scored 34 points in the second half last night. They shot around 40%. Like so, two games in a row, the offense has gotten better in the second half as it's come towards the Auburn bench, but the defense uh, lacks. So it's like they struggle on offense, and then so then when they start really pressing on offense and putting a lot of energy in, 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 into, into their focus and running sets and trying to score offense, it hurts them on defense. They turn around, and they give up 39 points in the second half to Georgia, um, and they just need, they need to put them both together. They need to put them both together. I mean, they shoot, um, you know, like I said, they shot 40% from the field basically in the second half. Three-point shooting was abysmal, three of 17. But like I said, I'd have to go back and look, but they probably took six or seven of those threes in probably the last five minutes um, uh, trying to trying to come back in that game. Um, but just but just three turnovers and, and 10 assists in the second half. I mean, if I told you Auburn had 10 assists and just three turnovers – and shot, you know, around 40% from the field in the second half, you would take that. Um, you just can't go three for 17 from the three. And the free throw line is the other thing. Auburn's done a really good job this year of getting to the foul line and scoring. I think I saw, let's see, um, I was looking at a stat the other day, actually. Of Yeah, so a, a, a team's free throw attempts – um, as a percentage of their field goal attempts, Auburn came into that game about 40%. So their so their free throw attempts were about 40% of their total shots. Um, that was in the top 92 percentile in the country. Auburn gets to the free throw line and shoots free throws um, better than most teams in the country. Um, but then last night, you know, they just they got there, but they only made 10 in the second half. They only shot five free throws. So. Um, they got to, again, it's, if you're going to have these guards like KD and Wendell and you're going to attack, but you're a little undersized, you either got to draw contact and get to the line or you got to finish through contact. So they're just trying to, they're trying to struggle through some of those things right now. Um, <clears throat> I mean, last night to me, it was more about defense than offense. The offense is limited. We know who they are. <clears throat> but to give up 76 points to Georgia, a team that came in ranked about 150th, uh, in offensive efficiency, um, that can't happen. I mean, you get dominated. You're, I mean, all, I mean, they're Georgia's two guards. If nobody else scored, <clears throat> Georgia's two guards. You know, you you Auburn wins that game by 20. 
by just just against the two guards. It's way too many points from 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 the guards. So to me, the defense is what faltered last night. Georgia shot a better percentage than Auburn's giving up field goal field goal wise, three point wise. Um, across the board, Georgia was better on offense than Auburn has been playing on defense. And so, um, I don't know. They've got to figure out a way to do it on both ends of the floor right now. They've got to figure out a way to maintain consistency on on defense, even when they're struggling. And then if they pick it up on offense, they got to, you know, I don't know if it's more zone or whatever they got to do. But how do you rain? How do you get Wendell to to shoot less threes? when it's not going well. I don't think more threes when you're two for 12, when you're not ma- making shots, I'm not sure keep jacking them up when Janai's having the game he is. Um, a lot of frustration last night. I was there. Um, I think it was, it was kind of when the game felt like it was out of reach, probably last few minutes, 13 point game, Auburn calls a timeout, a lot of frustration in that bench. Um, and I can imagine rightly so. So I think it's a big challenge right now for that staff to keep them together because you got a lot of emotions, man. KD, Wendell, and Janai, and I mean, there's a lot of emotions. Chris Moore's an emotional guy. Like, uh, you got to keep all those guys in check and figure out how to push through this and figure out some 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 kind of rhythm on offense so that it's not on Wendell to try to create everything. Um, you know, I, there's just little things like Chris Moore's a pretty good spot up shooter. Why why don't why doesn't he get the same kind of plays designed for him that Jalen does? Get him a spot up three. Get run a play and get him a spot up three. There's just little things I think this team can do. But like we've said before, the margin of error with this team is basically none. And so there's things they have to do well. And if they don't, they will lose. Um, they did pretty good on turnovers last night. Can't really complain about that. Um, but but too many threes um, and too many fouls. I mean, you can't send a team to the line 32 times. It's way too many. Um, so got to figure out how to stay with the guards and got to figure out a way to get a little bit better looks, um, and finish around the basket. And that's the other thing we could be, my, 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 the other side to look at this would be look at Auburn 10 of 20. We talked about layups, 10 of 22 layups. If they go 15 of 22, 16 of 22 from layups, what's the game look like? I mean, it could be a completely different game if they just simply make the chippy, the chippies that they missed. So that's where I think if you're Bruce and this coaching staff, you you have to you have to weigh all that and not go too far one direction in talking about what kind of changes you need to make or how how dire the circumstances are. Literally, if you look at Jalen missing some chippies and Al missed a Al had a great move. I remember specifically a great move in the second half, up and under somehow the ball doesn't go in. Um, I mean, if, if so, if you just, you give them a few of those, it's a, it's, it's down, it's a down to the wire game. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a little too early to, you know, to, to lose your mind on this team yet. Um, I think a few more games will sort of, we'll sort of see like Arkansas is the best team they've played this year, right? They're going to be the most talented mm-hmm. across the board. Let's see, let's see what they look like. Let's see what they look like. Um, That'll be a good test, I think. Like, okay, they lose that game by 15 or something. You're like, okay, we, we, there's some real problems. They come out and play well. You're like, okay, look, you're capable. Look what you're capable of doing. You know, you just got to be consistent. So what are your expectations for this game Saturday? I mean, you've seen Arkansas probably a little bit more than I have. But um, I think Nick Smith, I don't, he didn't, I don't think he played last night. Not sure his status, but 
ultra talented. I mean, we talked before the season. Bruce said Arkansas had three first rounders. Um, they're they're going to be, but their first five is for sure going to be more talented than Auburn's. But what Bruce counted on, and what he hopes is that his depth is good. He hopes that his nine or ten deep is good. They're not playing like it right now. So how do you how do you see the matchup against Arkansas on Saturday? Without going to, you're going to have stuff at Auburn Live. So you have to go. Be be yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it's similar to uh, what we saw against Georgia. But you know, I think that a lot of that and what we saw in the Auburn's last few games, I think a lot of that is Auburn's style of play. These games are going to be ugly when you're relying on defense and post scoring so much. Um, you know, Auburn doesn't want a fast paced game with a lot of threes like we grew accustomed to under the Jared Harper years that were, those teams were so much fun to watch. But then again, those weren't true Bruce Pearl teams in the sense of having that physical pressure defense and whatnot. And so I think that creates a bit of an uglier game. So I'm not surprised if that's what we see a lot throughout this season, but if you fix some things that Auburn did against Georgia that we've talked about here, then I think those ugly games become winnable. And you have guys like Wendell Green, Katie Johnson, Janiah Brown, Jalen Green, Alan Flanagan. All these guys have made big shots at some point in their career, you know, or they've made clutch plays at some point in their career. And they're all experienced. They're all good defenders. If you can play defense like Auburn's capable of, you don't make all these mistakes. You value possessions. You make open shots. You get into close late games with this team, and I think they can win. And that's kind of – I think that's Auburn's best bet against this Arkansas team. Arkansas has some really good guards, obviously. Uh, they have some really good wings as well. They're not so great down low. I think Auburn has an advantage there where Auburn can get something going, especially Janai Broom. We'll see what Jalen Williams can do too. But I think Auburn has a path to keeping this game close. And obviously if they play like they get, did against Georgia, it's not going to be close. But – if Auburn plays good defense, you know, limits turnovers, um, can find some form of consistent offense and does not have guards going 2 of 12, 0 of 5, 0 of 3, 1 of 6, then this game I think is, you know, very winnable at least. I don't know if Auburn will win at this point, but I think that you can find some success against this Arkansas team. The front court advantage is clear and Arkansas is not unbeatable, especially if you can defend Ricky Council oh, and Anthony Black. Yeah. Should be a good game. You know, it should still be a good atmosphere. It's, uh, I think it's a 6.30 or 7.30 central tip, late late night tip on SEC Network Saturday night. Plenty of time for fans to get down there um, and make Auburn Arena what it should be. Um, you call yourself basketball fans, we'll see. You're one and one. Auburn's struggling a little bit. Uh, don't be a front runner. Okay, show up, show up no matter what. Um, quickly before we go, um, Auburn drops to 20. Ken Palm still really likes Auburn. They've got them still at 27. That's too high to me. <laughs> like, they're not that. They're not that good right now. Um, so Ken Palm's got them at 27. Uh, Torvik, which I like, I like Bart Torvik analytics. Like he does a good job to me. He's got them at 37th in the country. Um, <clears throat> The net, which is a factor in seeding, has got Auburn now 48th in the country. They dropped 16 wow. spots um, with the loss to Georgia. They're 48th after last night's games. Um, still have not played a quad one game, and now they're 3-3 three and three quad two. So 
So Georgia's a quad two game and they're three and three. So um, it's not quad one. They're not anymore. I mean, they're kind of on the bubble. They could be, you know, Memphis, Memphis on some analytics, Memphis is, but on the net, they're not. Um, gotcha. But they, they could squeak in there. I think Memphis is, let's see where they're at on the, on the net. They are, let's see where NCAA's got, where they, where they got Memphis? So they've got Memphis 62nd, then the net does. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ken, like Ken Palm's got him 36. Yeah. So net the net is, is being a little bit harder on some of these teams, but they probably look, if you ask me, is Auburn closer to 48th or 27th? I'm saying 48th. <laughs> I mean, and I don't think, yeah, right now for sure. I can argue with you at all. I mean, um, so yeah. So the ones that matter, Ken Palm, they're 27th net, they're 48th. Um, so doesn't get easier, man. You look at the rest of the schedule. Um, you know, I mean, it's, let's see. So if I were going by Torvik Analytics, Georgia was the 87th best team in the country now. Uh, Ole Miss is 91. South Carolina's not great. But, and then Vanderbilt. That's it. Like, you, you, have, you have three other games that are on par with Georgia. Everything else on paper is tougher than what you just did. So got to figure some things out quickly um, if, if, you're, if you're Auburn. Got to figure some things out quickly. Um, and not lose too much ground because we know what the back half of that schedule looks like when you've got Tennessee, Bama, Missouri, Kentucky, Bama again, Tennessee again. That's that's in the last nine games of the league. So um, the I would say the I would say this team's got <clears throat> I mean they got the month of January, but not even really that. I mean they need to figure it out probably in the next week. And then they've got the month of January to, to try to create a good foundation before a really hard back half. If you go through the month of January and you're, you know, 500 in the league, I mean, you're, 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 you're probably finishing below 500. So they've, they've got to figure some things out, I think, in the next week on how they're going to attack the next few weeks of this season um, and try to figure it out and, win, and just win, win games. Win them ugly, win them somehow. Um, push through some of these struggles um, before it gets uh, it gets really difficult. But Saturday will be an interesting one. Good Arkansas team come back and maybe that's what this team needs. Come back play a really talented team, athletic team. Go out there at home and show that you can really that you can still be a good athletic team. Get a little confidence back um, with some athletic ability and try to make some things happen. Maybe speed the game up at times. I don't know, um, but it'll be an interesting one. All right, so Jay's going to have uh, a recap of Auburn, Georgia at some point, and they'll have a primer up, and, and we'll talk to Bruce on Friday um, before Auburn, Arkansas, and uh, and have everything everything you need getting ready for Auburn and Arkansas. Saturday night inside of Neville Arena should be a, a big game, first big game of the season inside Neville Arena. I think big crowd should be expected, uh, and they need it. This team needs it. They're not Jabari and Walker. Like, they need they need a crowd. They need the energy. Um, to create stuff for them. You saw in Florida when that crowd got into it, it really helped in the second half. So it should be a good one. All right, Jay. We'll see what happens on Saturday, man. Yep. Open for a good one. (laughs) Open for a good one. All right. For Jay and Justin, catch it at Auburn Live. Go subscribe, auburnlive.com. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, We'll be back next time. See ya. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. 
Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.